0: Welcome to the Startup CPG Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Yepes Blundell. Startup CPG is a community dedicated to helping young CPG brands succeed by offering opportunities to shine, highlighting those who've done it before, and connections to key decision makers. On today's episode, Melanie Kahn, founder of Poppyloo Lemonade, tells us how she's been able to land on the shelves of top retailers like Walmart and soon-to-be Target, and how going bold on product innovation is paying off. Melanie, welcome to the Startup CPG Podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it. Tell us a little bit about your product.
1: So, Poppy Lou lemonade uh, is a healthy take on a classic. Uh, we have high citrus, we say bold on citrus, not on sugar. So, reduced sugar, high vitamin C, and just really nice, mouth puckering, um, tart and tangy flavored uh, lemonade. We launched initially uh, in 2017 with a single serve bottle, and we had that in market for several years. And uh, during uh, 2020, we We launched a kids shelf staple pouch uh, nationally at Walmart, and it is taking off, and we're super excited to focus our efforts on uh, on that side of the business.
0: Now, you participated in Startup CPG's virtual pitch event this past year, where we sent over a dozen brand samples to media, investors, and buyers. Uh, What was your experience with that?
1: Oh, it was so fun! Um, In fact, I encouraged some other brands to participate and made sure they sent their samples in so they could be uh, considered for the next round. Um, It was no, it was it was really awesome. You know, the brands that were selected were so fantastic. You know, it was a really nice cohort, um, and I was so impressed not only with the way that you guys ran the program but also with the caliber of the brands that participated alongside Poppy Lou. Um, You know, the access to uh, to know, just a tremendous audience and the exposure there, uh, as well as the feedback that startup CPG was able to give us on our pitches, was able to solicit from the audience, uh, both verbatims and uh, quantitative feedback was really, really helpful. And the number of companies that participated in sort of the prizing aspect uh, was great to see a really nice breadth of, of Of prizes. Um, And it seemed like like most of the brands that participated got something from it. So we're excited because we got a social media package. uh, And I was actually just working uh, this morning with the agency that's going to be doing some of that creative. uh, And that was just a really great perk for a small brand like us to be able to walk away um, with some of the great accolades from the competition, but also um, uh, a little prize as well.
0: That's great. And you have some pretty great social, and I want to come back to that later in our conversation. But, you know, you have – what I found interesting was that you have a pretty deep experience in the CPG world and food production From a professional career perspective, I'm assuming that's been pretty beneficial when launching a young CPG brand.
1: Yeah, it's been a great asset to have, at least in the beginning. You know, I spent most of my career uh, before becoming an entrepreneur working in the corporate world with these big CPGs, working on some really big brands. Uh, And with that came big budgets, big agencies, big teams. So I got exposure to a lot that allowed me to get to first base pretty quickly in the startup world. But I'll be honest, after you get to first base, the level level the the playing field gets leveled pretty quickly um and you know despite some of those great that that great experience that I got in my career that allowed me to know kind of what I was doing, it was the actual execution that's a lot harder than it looks, and I feel like a lot of my um peers peer entrepreneurs are you know running circles around me they're just fantastic, and they may not have. The the years of experience that I did in big CPG, but they are uh, incredibly talented uh, and catch up really fast. And they're learning entrepreneurship and how to run a startup business in the current times, in, in the 2020s, not in um, not not 15 or 20 years ago like I did. You know things back then were were very traditional, even marketing tactics were very traditional. You know you ran a an fSI like a full page coupon ad in the the Sunday circular. That doesn't happen now with startups. Um, it's a very different approach, and some of these younger folks uh, as, as, as you know they can run circles around me, so I'm learning a lot from them.
0: Melanie, one thing that I really like about Poppyloo is that, sure, you know, it's, it's lower in sugar, which I absolutely love, um, and some of your competitors might offer that as well. But you took it a step further and integrated the use of aronia berries, which is a very powerful antioxidant. How did you come up with that idea, Spark?
1: So I learned about aronia berries during my research for building this lemonade business, and I was looking for something, um, some interesting, unique twist to lemonade. And I discovered this aronia berry that happened to be local to the Midwest and that consumers really weren't using in in any meaningful way. You know, these berries grow on shrubs in probably a lot of people's backyards. They don't even know it. And the berries themselves... Have a very astringent flavor, so it's almost like eating a um, eating a, a a grape used for wine it's not a particularly pleasant um, taste on its own, and that's frankly one of the reasons why there hasn't been widespread consumer adoption of it because it's not a sweet berry, but the antioxidant properties of these berries are, are through the roof, and I learned about um, the berries as I was working on the formulas. And I thought to myself, "Gosh, this would be really interesting to add into the lemonades. It gives it a beautiful pink color when you add it to uh, to, to the yellow lemonade. Um, it gives it a boost of antioxidants. There's a wonderful story here to 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 support our local farmers here in the Midwest, uh, and it's a really unique superfruit. So, uh, early in 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 the start of the brand, we focused much more on aronia berries. Uh, but but to be truthful." You know, introducing a new super fruit can be hard. It can take a lot of money. Some brands have done it really well, but it's, but they've also had a lot of money behind them to introduce those new super fruits and super berries. Uh, and so at this point, Aronia, while we still certainly use it in all of our products, has taken a little bit of a back seat when it comes to marketing communication. At the end of the day, when it comes to lemonade, consumers just want a great tasting lemonade that they don't have to feel bad about. They don't have to drink it as a guilty pleasure. They can just drink it as a healthy pleasure.
0: Well, even if it takes a backseat externally, I love internally in the backstory, the innovation behind it, the properties that you saw and the spark that you had. Um, you know, I, I just think that's great. And the fact that it's U.S. grown and you're supporting local Midwest farmers and just love that. That's pretty cool. We can find Poppyloo in some really big retailers, like you said, Walmart, Kroger, Albertsons. What's been your strategy there? I mean, you've grown pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, so our growth, I would say, is even yet to come. I think 2021 is going to be our biggest year. We are picking up Target uh, in just a couple of weeks here. So super excited to go national in almost a thousand Target stores uh, and then some of the big retailers that you just mentioned. So thrilled to be to be growing quickly. I decided um, to take the distribution efforts into my own hands. You know, there's no one who can sell your product better than the founder herself. Um, and I think every entrepreneur will tell you that they are the best salespeople for their product because they are passionate about it and they're they're aggressive um, and they really you know every point, new point of distribution is to be celebrated and something that that, that they want to go after.
0: That's awesome! What great advice taking it into your own hands. It's your product. It's your pitch. You know it inside and out. That's fantastic.
1: That's true. And and I will say, you know, we've we've we have tried um, hiring external sales teams. Um, but again, we found that we are so focused on our own product and can frankly sell it better than anyone. So until we get to the point where um, where it becomes too burdensome for us to be able to sell our products, I will probably keep on doing it ourselves.
0: Now, going back to your experience in big brand CPG, what were you not prepared for when it comes to buyers and getting into retail
1: so what was i not prepared for you know there are a lot of bits and pieces to being an entrepreneur and running your own food and beverage business that you just don't know you don't know until you get there um and so you know there are a lot of small details but there's also bigger bigger things like i had no idea about how How freight and warehousing and logistics worked, um, I had no idea that you know about how to how to enter promotions and how to manage your business once it gets to the shelf you know I think a lot of entrepreneurs get super excited about gaining new distribution and certainly we do too, but that's just the first step once it gets to the shelf there's a lot of management that has to has to go on to make sure it stays at shelf uh, to make sure you're properly supported at retail and that you you have the right execution at shelf um, Good enough velocity to make sure you make the next reset. So, you know, there's a lot more to it than just getting retailers. And um, I think most entrepreneurs have experienced that. It's uh, the the thrill of getting into a new customer is great, um, but you got to stay there, and that's that's where the real work comes into play.
0: That's great. And you mentioned that you introduced a shelf stable kids pouch this past year. How did you come to that decision to offer both and does that affect your retail offerings or you know those conversations that you're having with buyers?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. I would never recommend any startup Try to do two different platforms as early as we are, uh, especially two different platforms that have completely different supply chains. One is a refrigerated bottle with a cold chain; the other is a shelf-stable kids pouch. You know, the the two businesses. You know, there's unfortunately there's really no efficiency between either one. There are different 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 supply chains, different category managers, different warehouses, different trucks uh, for freight. Um, everything is very different. But I will say that the reason I launched the kids pouches when we did, um, is I'd always had it in the pipeline for our innovation plans. I was always excited about it. And being an entrepreneur and being impatient and wanting to achieve success, I thought to myself, I don't want to wait. I want to do this now. Because what happens if the bottom line isn't successful? we go out of business and then I never have my shot at doing this kid's pouch. So I want to go for it now. I want to have it all. And so we launched and it has, but it has become um, so successful that, you know, much more of our focus is going to be spent on those kids pouches going forward. Um, So thrilled about that, but certainly not giving up on the, on the bottles. Um, And uh, you know, for the, for the foreseeable future, we'll have those two product lines. um, Until the point comes where, where one, one, you know, significantly overshadows the other and it it makes sense to, to drop one or maybe we continue with both.
0: I love that drive, Melanie. That's awesome. Now, Melanie, you have a lot going on in your pipeline. How do you get help?
1: So I still do the fast lion's share of the business. Um, I, my husband's actually also very helpful. Uh, he has his own his own set of, of expertise that is really important for the business. Um, and then you know we supplement with with mostly contractors um, when we need them. You know some folks have been with me since the beginning on a on a part time basis. Um, others are, are are in the rotation mix, um, and. You know, I think advice for any any startup is you know preserve your cash as much as you can. It's really hard to come by uh, raising capital, so keep as much as you can into the business without hiring too fast.
0: Well, one thing I've been super impressed with Populu is your brand identity. What are some of the tips that you can give to young brands that they should keep in mind when developing their brand identity?
1: Brand identity and the way that package looks is the most important part of your product offering and I say this unfortunately very cynically but it's more important even than what's inside Um, because if you have a beautiful looking brand beautiful as in you know attractive to consumers and what however you're 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 trying to sell it, it it gives consumers an impression of the product inside that is very different than if the package is unattractive. Um, you know, there's there's a bias there uh, that consumers cannot overcome. Um, it's 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 the outside that counts It's looks that count uh, in a major way. You know, hopefully brands that have phenomenal outer packaging take the time to make sure the product on the inside is as good as how it looks on the outside. Some do a better job than others, um, but unfortunately, you also, um, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, if you have product quality problems, a beautiful package will at least give you a little bit of time to fix what's inside. Um, And hopefully the brands can stand by the inside as much as what's on the outside. But we all know that a great looking package really biases the consumer's perception when they taste it. Um, And so that outer package is so, so important.
0: I really love your consistency. First of all, your brand identity is very approachable and it's the brightness and the pinkness and it just plays off so well with the actual product um, taste and experience. So kudos to you. But I really think it, it's impressive too how your brand identity, from shelf to social to digital, um, it's very fluid and very consistent.
1: Uh, to your point, it is all about consistency. Um, and you know, I've been very focused on making sure that every element that's visible to consumers and to 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 the trade um, all looks. The same it looks like part of the same brand, and that's how I've created what I believe to be a very you know, an ownable look that is uniquely and distinctly poppy loo. Um, the colors, the um, the logo, the use of fuchsia. Um, you know, it's funny, you and I haven't met in person, obviously, we're doing this over the internet. Um, but pre-COVID, and I'm sure post-COVID, when I'm out and about doing anything for business, I'm always wearing fuchsia. Always, they—you will never see me not wearing fuchsia, and it's that has become part of the brand identity as well. To the point that I had a uh, a, a a Wall Street Journal reporter yell out to me on the street i was riding my bike downtown chicago to a meeting wearing my fuchsia jacket that everyone has seen me wear uh and she yelled out to me because she thought it was me and she of course was right but it's great when that happens you know in a trade show or at a conference. People can spot me across the room. They see that fuchsia jacket. They're like, yep, yeah, that's Melanie with Poppy Lou. Um and so that's you know, the 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 brand persona is not just on the package or on the website or our social media. It extends to the founder as well.
0: You know how many um like digital ads you're gonna get from clothing stores right now that's all fuchsia? <laughs> oh
1: yes. Oh I I, I actively seek out I actively seek out hot pink clothing. <laughs> so my mother now knows for every, every occasion, she always buys me something, <laughs> something hot pink because she knows I will for sure wear it somewhere, somehow.
0: I love it. You've also done a really good job partnering with digital and social influencers. How did you determine when the timing of to engage these influencers to help spread brand messaging? Well, so, so influencer marketing
1: is something that I aspire to. And I, it's very sweet that you say that, that, that we've done well. I, I look at other brands and say, gosh, they've done well. How can I be more like them? Um, you know, I think influencer marketing is especially helpful for brands that have a strong direct-to-consumer e-commerce presence. And Poppy Lou doesn't. Um, and the reason we don't focus a lot of time on direct-to-consumer is, you know, we have mainstream, very accessible price points uh, that we don't want to jack up on on online necessarily uh and it's very heavy to ship liquid so so that becomes a, a very large expense when trying to do direct to consumer so we don't spend a lot of time on d2c and therefore we don't haven't spent a lot of time on um on influencer marketing uh, because you know our presence online is relatively limited since since it's not a, a critical area for us to to focus on d2c um, but i when I see what other brands have done with influencers, um, I'm certainly jealous. And we do have a program coming up this spring where we're going to try our hand at some influencer marketing to really, um, to really give give it a push, particularly in the markets where uh, we're expanding for retail. So we'll see. So check, check our feed frequently this spring and, uh, and you'll watch our progress.
0: Melanie, what's on the horizon for Poppy Lube?
1: So right now we are, so focused on our kids pouches uh we see a really great uh, growth opportunity ahead for us in 2021 the interest from retailers has been very strong uh, and as i mentioned earlier target is um target is launching us nationally in just a few weeks here and we have several other uh large retailers picking us up um, as well this spring it's gotten to the point in fact where i have made it made a conscientious effort not to keep hustling to get new customers for 2021 because I want to make sure that the ones we have that we're supporting well and and, and doing it right before we get too big too fast and, and aren't able to handle that growth. Um, so I'm kind of putting putting the brakes on things, but that's a really nice position to be in to say, "Oh, hold on, we got to slow down because we're growing too fast. Um, I'm thrilled to be able to, you know, it's a it's a good problem to have. Um but yeah, right now it's all about seeing what what these kids pouches can do for us in this coming year.
0: And side question: I'm curious. So Poppy Lou is named after your daughter. Is your son like, hey mom, where's my brand? Where's my product?
1: Oh my gosh. This is the biggest mom fail ever. Yeah. I, I named the brand after my daughter. Her name is Poppy. Um, she's four years old now, but she the, she gave me the, the, when, when I was pregnant with her, I had a major citrus craving that I couldn't satisfy. And that's what led me into the lemonade category and launched Poppy Lou. And I of course named it after her because she gave me that citrus craving, but I will tell you for the record, she was the Poppy Lou was not my first choice of name. It wasn't my second or even my third choice. I I went through a whole bunch of names first for one reason or another from a trademark perspective um, I, I couldn't get any of the other names that I had wanted I was out of time and I said shoot I got to pick something and so I came up with Poppy Lou and it stuck and I liked it um, but I did at the time and I'll obviously still do have a son his name is Zachary he's two years older than her he's six um, so it's not like he came after her he was he was around before she was born and the poor little guy does not have a brand named after him and he hasn't yet ask the question, mommy, why don't I have a brand named after me? I'm dreading the day he says it. I do not know how I'm going to answer it. It's a terrible thing. I would not advise any parents (laughs) to do this. Um, All I can hope is that if I ever come up with another another business after Poppy Lou, maybe I'll name it after him.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's great, Melanie. Thank you so much. And big fan of Poppy Lou. We have it here in our household. The kids love it. Um, Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Jennifer. Have a good one. Thanks so much for joining us. We love hearing from you. So send us an email at podcast at startupcpg.com. And remember to leave a review, subscribe, or follow us wherever you're listening. Startup CPG is a community. So the easiest way for you to get involved is to sign up for our newsletter at startupcpg.com. There, you can stay up to date on leading insights from industry experts, join our Slack channel, and our events like our mixers, digital launch parties, and our first of its kind fully digital trade show coming this summer. See you next time.